Hey, everybody, it's Identical Cousins episode 21. $500 fully subsidized? What do you think, Brent? I think that's a good title. We should listen to music right now. Brent Simmons, how are you? Michael Simmons. I'm doing well. I had a nice vacation. I went uh, to Avalon, New Jersey, which is a little beach town um, in South Jersey, a little bit I north of Avalon. Cape May. Yeah, I, I know love Avalon. Beautiful area. It's, uh, it's where my family's been going since way before I was born. So it's, uh, it was great. Had a Good memories, time. it sounds like. Oh, yeah, totally. I even have a, a membership on the fishing pier in Avalon. I didn't That's actually cool. go fishing this time, but you know, we walked out. It was cool. Yeah. Is this like a lifelong membership thing, or is this? Uh, I have to I have to renew it, you know, every year. Um, okay. But okay. it's the kind of thing where there's a there's a waiting list to get on there, so you do not let your membership lapse because you keep it. Yeah, you keep it, um, and it's uh, it's the membership that I inherited from my grandfather. So interesting. I was able to avoid the wait list. Yeah. That's good. Yep. So we'll. Uh, so that sounds good. like it was relaxing. I was in Portland, of course, at CocoConf. Was that also relaxing? It was. It was. It was. I don't know if it was relaxing, but it was exciting. Uh huh. Okay. That's cool. Had a good time. You know, I did my talk. It went over very well. Uh, it was good. Got a lot of good feedback at the end, and people were very inspired, which is always good. Hmm. What'd you talk about? I talked about app success, the ingredients needed, as you remember, uh-huh. and right. uh, kind of basically just going over what you need to make sure you have on your checklist. Of course, like you were mentioning, and it's true, you have to want it, and you have to really have passion. But I think without the checkpoints and the ingredients and making sure everything's dialed in, which, you know, I've been doing this a long time, you've been doing this a long time, it's easy to know what ingredients you need, because you've made the failures, you've made the mistakes. But pointing out something simple, like, hey, you need a really nice icon, or it's not going to be well received. Not everyone knows that. And I think yeah. these little these little tips and tricks, if it can help someone else from my experience from learning it, hey, all the better. Cool. Cool. Did you harangue them at all about the proper use of commas? <laughs> I did not harangue them, sorry. Because I'm, I'm pretty much of the opinion, you have to have passion and you have to use your commas properly. You know what's funny? So I use my, I use my commas properly, mm-hmm. but I, I overuse commas. Oh, so well, obviously yeah. you can properly use commas too much, right? Sure, sure. I mean, you ought to edit what's going out there for public consumption, right? That's true, but I, that's why I'm usually it's not out there for public consumption. That's why I don't blog, I think. Hmm. You should probably blog. <laughs> to make me a better writer. Yeah. Well, the thing is this. I, I just, when I write, I, I know how to edit. I'm just, one of the big tenets of my life is that I'm lazy. And I don't mean lazy in a bad way. Obviously, I've done good stuff. I mean, I don't look and say, oh, I haven't done anything. I'm lazy. But I'm very into instant gratification. Hmm. Very. Like, Okay, I wrote this thing and it reads well and there's no typos and it's it's coherent and it does follow a certain amount of rules, right? Like there's nothing wrong with it technically. Can it be better? Sure. Can I sit there and refine it for hours and days? Sure. Like, but for me, I just I I'm instant gratification, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm working on that. I've been working on that my whole life, but just not working out well. Hmm. So for me, instant gratification is. Oh yes, I would like another beer. Thank you. Um, <laughs> You know, that it, <laughs> no, even better. Oh, oh, so you are buying me another beer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but uh, when it comes to other things, you know, you obviously you have to be patient. You didn't ship Fantascal like the moment it worked. 
Yeah, you, I know. You know, you you do the things to make it. No, better. and I get pushback from from friends of mine that say, "Oh, come on, you're not. You're obviously that's not true." Because, like you just said, you made fantastic, Cal. You made this. You made that. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, even making this podcast, we have to sit there and do it, and then I have to edit. I mean, we have stuff to do, right? It's not instant gratification. Sure. We don't just record it and throw it out. I, I get it. I mean, but there's certain things. I guess maybe then you know I'm not that passionate about editing my work. Mm. But again, I, I'm very very big on grammar. And spelling. Spelling's my number one thing. I was almost in a, a national spelling bee, by the way. I don't know if I ever talked about that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I, the word I will always remember that got me. I think I did talk about this. At least I feel like I did. Was maintenance. Hmm. Yeah, that's a tricky one. And I screwed up because I spelled it maintenance, like maintain, uh, M-A-I-N-T-A-I-N. Right. And right. as we know, it's maintenance. But uh, I will always remember that. I'm scarred for life. I think I was like... 12 or something and literally i was like in the like if i would have got that word i would have pretty much been in the the national spelling Hmm. so the thing that always gets me is uh double letters there are times when there's just no way to know outside of memorization how many how many double letters Uh, this is true take the word commitment how many uh is there a double t there in the middle no there's not okay you sure i'm 99 percent sure okay well i will never be able to remember now I have to now I have to look it up just to make sure. I, I'm I'm highly highly certain there isn't, but let's see. It's two M's though. Yeah, it's, it's one it's one T. It's one it's one T. It's right. commit and meant. All right. Like I'm I'm a very visual like my visual memorization is perfect pretty much. I mean obviously nothing's perfect, but it is. And like as soon as you said commitment, I visualized the word. That's mm-hmm. that's why I think I got maintenance wrong is because with my visualization I heard maintenance, so I thought oh maintain maintain right mm-hmm. sure. And that's what my brain saw, and that's what I said. So. Oh, well. <laughs> Talk to me about it, Brent. I need some psychological help. I'm not, I'm not your shrink. No, nor are you uh, authorized to provide psychological help. No, no. You'd probably do more damage, actually. I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's get into We got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Um, all right, let's just let's first talk about since, you know, the name of the episode is $500 fully subsidized. Balmer's uh, uh, um, retiring from Microsoft. That's the big news of the day. We're recording today on uh, August 23rd on Friday. What do you think about the whole Balmer thing? You know, one thing we should note is um, this is our one year anniversary of doing Identical Cousins. Oh my God, you're sentimental, Brent. I love it. Of course, yeah. Even, oh, well, let's give ourselves a round of applause. I think we deserved it. Wow. A one year, year mm-hmm. one year and 21 episodes. That's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it is. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of me too. Good. It's amazing. <sighs> I have no comment anymore. You just shot me down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, Balmer, Balmer. Let's talk about Balmer. So he's uh he's retiring early. He'll retire within the next 12 months mm-hmm. for those who haven't read or saw yet. Uh, basically an early exit among a course change, which basically means they're failing, get the hell out. Why do you say it's an early exit? Well, because the, uh, the title of the article said... <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I, I... No, no, it does, it does. But I, from what I, I... I glossed it over, I glanced over it, I glossed over it earlier, but basically it is. Their stock has been doing poorly. They've had all these problems with their products. Obviously, Windows and all the phone and everything hasn't really caught on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he joined or he took over as CEO in 2000 from Bill Gates, right? And then, let's be honest, in the last 12 years, hasn't done really well. The stock has been pretty flat. I suppose yep. in that time. Actually, okay. it's it's been it's been yeah it's been bad. Yeah. Okay. 
On the news of his departure, the stock shot up from like 31 and a half to almost 35. Nice. <clears throat> Excuse me. So yeah, so basically the article's summarizing that he failed to capitalize on the tectonic shifts in technology, including mobile and internet. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, I would see it as an early departure. I mean, why he's 57, right? Mm-hmm. No one retires at 57. You retire on a high note, right? Hmm. I'd sure I, like to retire at 57. Well, I'd sure like to retire on a high note. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, so that's that. But you know, the funny thing is, I bet he's going to start a small iOS development shop. <laughs> Is it going to be called... Um, it's going to be called Developers, 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 LLC. D3 LLC. There you go. So he, he, um, he said this, this funny thing that's sort of the inspiration for the title where back in when the iPhone was announced, he laughed at it. He just laughed at it and mocked it and did his stupid typical Balmer, you know, I'm like a fraternity guy, I'm stupid. I mean, he is. He's like a big gorilla, right? Bromer. <clears throat> exactly. And, you know... The way he put it down, the way I understand if you're in competition or at that time Apple was a newcomer to the scene, even as an Apple guy, I'll say I understand when Apple said the, they were coming out with the iPhone, people could say, what the heck, right? Mm-hmm. Making new things in a new place where let's say you don't belong is always ridiculed. Right. It's sort of like how society works. Um, I want to talk about Tesla a little bit because I'm a big Tesla freak and <clears throat> I see a lot of similarities there because Tesla's trying to disrupt or change or come into a industry the automotive industry mm-hmm. um but i'll get to that in a little bit but balmer basically mocked and ridiculed and you know he's like 500 dollars fully subsidized this thing won't take off that's my impersonation it's pretty good right and it was wonderful it was uncanny you. even uncanny i do a lot of others but that's the only one you're getting today mm. so you'll have to listen to episodes uh, 26 and 34 to get the rest okay collect them all folks so basically he mocked it and ridiculed it. It was done in a way where I remember even at the time, I was like, oh, this guy's going to eat his words. He just overdid it. Had, had the answer been, well, you know, Apple's new to the scene and this is a competitive scene and, you know, we, whatever, right? I mean, there's a way to be, and I don't even mean humble, but there's a way to still be respectful. Mm-hmm. There's a way to be, he knows how hard this business is, right? Microsoft wasn't necessarily handed to them. I mean, you could argue it was because they stole Apple's ideas, but... I'm just saying, at the end of the day, he knows how hard it is to do stuff. Sure. And this kind of stuff we see all the time against Apple, the adversity, the you suck, the oh, they're going under, oh, they're going under, oh, they're going, even when they're on top. I hate that kind of attitude because basically it's the haters keeping you down or trying to. And I was talking to you about this earlier before we started, but one of the big, big, big things in my life, and I talked about this during my talk and I talk about among my friends and family is... Do what you love and don't let anyone talk you out of it. Because if you let someone talk you out of it, you failed before you've ever had a chance to try. And look at Apple. If they had taken all of the criticism and listened to the naysayers and listened to all the negativity and that they can't succeed and that they won't succeed, we wouldn't have the iPhone where it's at today, right? It would have been gone. It would have been done. They would have given up. Sure. Even the iPod, right? When the iPod came out, it was Mac only. It wasn't that big of a hit. It did well, but it wasn't huge, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone said, oh, this is a flop. And then all these other competitors came on the scene. And Apple was like, no, we're, we, we believe in this and we're moving forward. So I just think it's really important now in hindsight, especially to have the laugh at Balmer for being a moron. Um, <laughs> it's true. It's like when you see something different and something you don't like, be a little respectful. Know how hard something is. You know, don't just go right into ridicule mode. And I think that's important. Okay. So anyway, that's that's the bomber story. What's your input on bomber? What do you think? 
Yeah, I, I don't think he's done a wonderful job. Microsoft has <laughs> clearly just missed uh, some of the really big boats in the past 10 years. And I just wonder now, um, I just wonder how they can turn the ship around. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, if you miss those boats, those boats are pretty far out the sea now. And if you're still on the shore, you know, you can't wave them back. So I don't know. I just don't know what they can do. I love some of the things that, that, that they're doing, that at least part of the company is turning into a services company and doing wonderfully at that. Um, oh, we've had uh, uh, Azure Mobile Services as a sponsor before and would gladly have them again because I think it's really awesome stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's the kind of thing that Microsoft really excels at and, and is currently excelling at. Well, but you know what this shows? This shows that if Microsoft just makes good products, mm -hmm. supports a community, and actually cares without a lot of rhetoric and you know vitriol, mm -hmm. that they'll do great stuff. Sure. Yeah. Hey, let's look in the past. I mean, I use Microsoft Office. Great product, right? I mean, there's a lot of things wrong with it. I'm not going to argue that, but it's a great product overall, right? For the sake of argument, I'll say yes. Well, for the sake of argument, what I mean is, is it still serves a purpose and it works, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people yeah. use it and you launch it. It's it's somewhat reliable. Not great design or anything but it's reliable you yeah, load it up okay. usually you look you know what i'm saying like it, yeah. it, it obviously fills that niche mm -hmm. offices use office and it works right it seems right. to work yeah that's all i'm saying so when microsoft makes a product that's a, that's a solid product with purpose and focus they do a pretty good job mm -hmm. but trying to beat apple trying to put down at like basically trying to this is the thing i've always said to everyone and they're like, well, you know, Microsoft, why can't they just take over Apple? Why can't just Google take over Apple? Because I'll tell you why. It's very simple. And it's so simple. I can't believe companies don't do it, but I assume it's because they're too big to change. Just make something that's awesome and don't listen to everyone else. Don't, don't, don't follow anyone else. In other words, they're so busy trying to compete. Oh, we've got to get Android numbers big. Oh, we've got to do this. Oh, this is what people are asking. You know what I'm saying? It's like they run everything reactively. Hmm. They run everything emotionally, if you will. I think running things emotionally is fine when you believe in your product and you're passionate and you have emotion in what you're doing, but not to be emotional about like, well, I've got to get them. Because mm -hmm. there's a lot of that going on. Well, look, you know, though, so make a great, make a great product and don't listen to the people who say it sucks. So well, sometimes you end up with Microsoft Vista, even though that's what you're trying. Or, or lately, you know, um, uh, the Surface. Uh, you know, they clearly worked hard, didn't do what everybody else was doing, followed their own road, and just haven't found success. Uh, I'd argue the Surface, sure, it's original, and there's things about it that I think are interesting. I won't, I won't deny that. But mm -hmm. overall, they were trying to build an iPad to compete. Like, I guess what I'm saying is this. The iPad exists. It does a really good job. It has a huge market share, right? The argument mm -hmm. is, well, we've got to knock out their market share and get our own thing. No, maybe you don't. Maybe you should build something different and create a new market. That's sort of what I'm getting at is it's like just, Apple already has succeeded in the tablet market, right? They've, they've created that niche. They've made a great product. Unless you can make a greater product, and I don't believe the Surface is a greater product, do you? No. Right. So then, then why bother? That's sort of what I'm saying is all of this energy goes towards competition rather than creation and, mm. and carving out a new niche. But if it seems clear that... Um, that people aren't going to buy trucks that much anymore. And there's a market for cars. And that market is, is apparently huge and, and getting yep. bigger. Why wouldn't you want to make a car too? 
Well, it's a perfect segue for my Tesla wanting to talk about stuff. Okay. So Tesla is a company that, you know, they're, they've been around just about 10 years now. Um, I mean, unless you're living under a rock, you have to know who Tesla is. So, and if you don't know who Tesla is, just basically Google it. But um, Tesla Motors is, you know, a company here in the Bay Area. They were actually founded in, two, yeah, 10 years old, 2003. And their goal was to design, manufacture, and sell electric vehicles and powertrains and basically anything, all things electric vehicle, right? Yeah. And when they came on the scene, they, they've had a lot of, of drama and history and all this stuff, which as you can imagine, developing new stuff and having to get technology and patents and all this stuff. I mean, you can imagine how much espionage and, you know, stuff happens. Sure. But, but basically, their original, their original car was the Roadster, and it drove on a Lotus platform. It basically had like gotten these things that you basically buy the frame. They're called gliders. It's just a car without the powertrain. And then they put their their powertrain in it. However, their original powertrain was developed with some other companies. You know, it had to take baby steps, right? You don't just jump right in. Well, anyway, they're here now. Their latest car is the Model S, which is their second car, and it's doing phenomenal. It's got it's one car of the year. It got World Green Car, Automobiles 2000 Car of the Year. I mean, I'm reading all the awards. Time Magazine's Best Invention, the highest score ever from Consumer Reports. The car is phenomenal. It's just got the highest crash rating of any car ever. Um, What's crash rating? Means it crashes a lot? Exactly. Just the car just randomly crashes. So basically buy one. Yeah, that's how they sell so many cars. It's running Windows? Exactly. Actually, I think it's running a variant of Android. Ah. Now what? What? Exactly. So so basically my point here is is they, when they, so the Roadster was their way of getting in and they had a Lotus glider platform, whatever, and that worked out well, but... They, they built their first real car. And the car obviously was built to be an amazing car, right? No mistakes, no excuses. Best crash rating. Uh, all these awards, right? When, some, some people have actually argued, well, they have all this stuff because they're, you know, petitioning for it and they're, they're, they're buying everything, which is BS. But that's another story. That's the haters. But the point is, is they came into this automotive scene and didn't just make something that competed, they made something in a completely different class. They made something that's so separate, different, better, you, you can't ignore it. And the price of the car is incredibly high. It's not a cheap car at all. It starts at basically around $60,000 and fully loaded and worked up. It's basically about one hundred and twenty. Hmm. So this is not a cheap car. This is not a car that, you know, is, is for the common person, if you will, right? You have, to, you have to save or have a lot of money to buy it, right? Yep. So, but... It's it's setting sales records, literally. Um, I saw something yesterday where Tesla's selling more cars than like five manufacturers combined hmm. of this expensive car. Mm-hmm. And the point goes back to what I was saying earlier about, you know what? If you can't make something better than the iPad, then don't bother. You're spending your money, time, and resources just basically making a second best thing, and that's going to be the way it is. Tesla's mission is clear. They want to change the world. They want to make electric automobiles and the way you do that is by making something that's so incredibly compelling you can't not get it Hmm. the way i got actually interested in wanting one and i i'm more than likely getting one it's like i'm working towards it but i want one that's for sure is the whole technology behind it the whole 
concept behind it. The whole fact that it's almost like a Kickstarter in a way, like you're buying this thing to fund this company. Their goal is basically they start with this really expensive car. Well, I started with an even more expensive car. The Roadster was actually even more expensive. Mm. Um, that car was basically about $130,000. Wow. For a two-seater sports car. Hmm. <clears throat> so, but it did, it did very well. All right. So then the Model S comes out. Now that's quote unquote cheaper starting at around 60 and going up to 120, right? Then they're going to come out with an SUV called the Model X and that'll come out probably sometime next year. Uh, I think late next year. And that's going to be roughly the same price as the Model S, which is 60 to 120, but now it's an SUV, right? But then basically in about two or three years, so I think like 2015, 16, they're going to come out with a car, future model that's sort of, I think the code name is Blue Star. And it's going to be a mass market car of, of around $29,000, $30,000. Oh, okay. So what they're doing is they did it the right way. Sell it to people who have the money that can fund this, that want this stuff, right? That, that can work out the kinks. They're building this network of superchargers. You were saying earlier you don't know about Tesla, but one of the things with an electric car, of course, is what happens if you run out of power. Mm, mm-hmm. They're building the supercharger network that basically will be all over the U.S. In the next two years, they'll have like full coverage over the major interstates. And you can charge your car basically a little more than half of the range in under 20 minutes, in about 20 minutes. Okay, not bad. And they put them in strategic locations. So let's say you're doing like, you're stopping for for food or whatever. Mm -hmm. You're going to take a break anyway, right? Yeah. So you take a break, you charge your car up, and guess what? The superchargers are free for life. It's basically subsidized in the price of the car. Nice. Yeah, so they're trying to basically eliminate, oh, another thing they're going to have is battery swapping. So let's say hypothetically you get somewhere and you don't want to wait the 20, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. You can pull the car in and basically in about two minutes, it'll unbolt the battery pack. It's basically an automated thing under the car. It'll unbolt the battery pack, bolt in a fully charged one, and you're on your way in under two minutes. That's the way to go. Instant gratification. So, exactly. And now we're talking. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is Elon Musk and the whole team at Tesla are thinking about these problems. They're not just like, hey, we're making an electric car. Hey, you know, there's other companies. They are literally redefining, reinventing, and using a lot of logic and the same principles, I think, that have made Apple successful in this company. Mm-hmm. They're listening to their customers. They're doing things that you wouldn't expect. They're, they're surprising and delighting. I mean, I, I can't say it any other way. They're surprising and delighting. And, you know... Everyone I talk to, because I've mentioned I've wanted a Tesla for a while, and everyone all of a sudden, you know, I've noticed in the last few months, there's, oh, wow, you're still getting one. I'm thinking about getting one. Wow. Like, you can see everyone's getting excited about it because they're doing it right. They're doing something different. They're doing something that you can't really refute. And just one other crazy thing, their stock price has gone through the roof in the last few months. When I say say through the roof, just to put into perspective, back in April – April, the stock was at about $38. It is currently at $160.73. Not bad. Not bad at all. So to underscore my point, Microsoft, these other companies, they're looking to, as you were saying earlier with trucks, they're looking to get into these markets to get a market share. And that's fine. Look, I understand the world needs to tick. People need to pay their bills. There's, there's people who don't care the way I care. But if you really want to make something amazing, then you have to make something different. You have to make something you care about. And you have to make something the way Apple makes something. Um, you know, I can, I can bring Fantastical into this or Vesper into this. Uh, you know, there's a ton of note apps. There's a ton of calendar apps, whatever, right? But 
it's all about making something different. It's about making something that just is so far apart of the crowd, at least you design it that way and hope it's that way, that then people will want it and people will benefit from it. And I think Tesla's really a modern Apple of a company. Mm-hmm. I think I think they go beyond Apple as a company even, because I mean, not to dispute this or, or put it down, but Apple makes computers, right? They make laptop computers and they make iPods and iPhones. And I'm not disputing again that theirs aren't important, but trying to form a company that moves us away from fossil fuels and pushes the technology of mobility, which obviously everyone wants to have a car, especially in California and other places, right? Mm-hmm. That's a pretty lofty goal, no? Yeah, I think so, yeah. So that's why I'm saying in some ways I see Tesla as this just amazing company that you only get to see once in a lifetime. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, so I think it's, I, I just want to point that out because I think making a great product that just blows away the rest of the, it blows away expectations basically makes a difference mm-hmm. and you know it's not something everyone does yeah but then should there be other manufacturers of electric cars well yeah and actually elon musk and tesla have said they hope there there are yeah okay their their whole goal for tesla they said look we're, we're not stupid we realize we're not going to be the only company and they even said we don't want to be the only company we're trying to prove it can be done we're trying to be the company that sets the example and they did say we would like to be the company that makes the best ones mm-hmm. but if, if better things come along and it's something that we can learn from and adopt why wouldn't we so tesla comes out now all of a sudden guess what mercedes and toyota had done these agreements with tesla Mm-hmm. So basically, uh, like the factory here in Fremont, uh, they bought that from Toyota on pennies for the dollar for like a technology swap. Okay. So now Toyota is going to come out with, believe it or not, an electric RAV4 that's based off of Tesla technology. Ah, cool. And Mercedes is coming out with an electric car, again, based on Tesla technology. Mm-hmm. So Tesla's going to be more than just a car company. They're going to be an engineering engine company. Uh, a platform. A platform, mm-hmm. exactly. And Again, they said if another company comes along and they do something better, why wouldn't Tesla adopt it? The goal of Tesla is to make Patents. the world's best electric car. Well, hopefully, you know, hopefully there's certain things that, that well, I mean, patents, yeah, I, I guess it, you kind of stopped me there. But I feel like still something can be so good that you can do it in a different way. It's still an idea that spurs innovation. Sure, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I'm yeah, just saying right. that Tesla now has kind of said, "Hey, you know what? Everything that everyone oh, and here's another thing about the Tesla that I don't know if you know. Most electric cars have a range of like 30 to 80 miles. Mm-hmm. Do you know the top Tesla has a range of about 270 miles? Nice. Yeah. So imagine you have this car, you top it off or fill it up in your garage out of an electric outlet, and you could drive 280 miles in the car, and then basically every day you come home, you just plug it in, and you just never go to the gas station again. Nice. So yeah, it's 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 pretty sweet, and they're doing an amazing job. So lots of love for Tesla. Yeah. So the electricity that powers the cars. Ah, this has been a point. I know what you're going to say. The yeah. coal and stuff. Yeah. That where where is that coming from? Right. So yeah. So I mean, obviously, this what what they're doing is still the right thing. But boy, it'd be nice to get yep, all of well, our electricity. No, 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 no. And and just so you know, he's fuels. not he's not denying it. It's yeah, actually funny because right. the question comes up to Elon Musk a lot, and he doesn't he doesn't rejected he 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 faces it at full value he said yes you still have to create electricity however the negatives to creating electricity are way greater you know way less than than fossil fuel and they're working on ways to improve that so let me give you one example of something that they've done you know these supercharger networks Mm -hmm. they're actually setting up solar panels at all of the superchargers so instead of getting electricity off the grid they generate the electricity and store it directly at the supercharger nice 
So he's thinking about it. And yes, someone's asked him, well, why don't you put a solar panel on the car? (laughs) Basically, basically, even if you were in direct sun driving, you'd basically only get like an extra seven to 10 miles of range. Yeah, sure. It It just doesn't work. You don't have enough surface area. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of his other companies is Solar City, and he's trying to push the boundaries of solar power. Cool. So what I'm getting at is, yeah, you are, in in essence, taking the electricity from the grid, but that negation i guess the negative of 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 electricity is not as bad as gasoline Mm -hmm. and all the refinement and fumes and oh everything that goes into it right and i hate to say it electric electric plants are are running no matter what right of course like that's sort of the argument that i I guess probably people don't want to hear but they're running electric plants and whether they output electricity to fuel cars or not they're not going to be running that much more like they have to run you may have to add more on and things may have to happen over time. But what I'm getting at is, is they're sort of always running anyway. Mm-hmm. You don't have to start your car and, and put CO2 in the air or whatever. Right. And, you know, uh, here in the Northwest, we get electricity from hydroelectric sources. That's right. Which is That's right. And he was, he, was saying, he was saying they want to, he wants to do a push also with the electric companies to start to incentivize them to move to clean, if not perfectly clean, mm-hmm. electric generation. Yeah. So there's a plan, there's a mission, and that's, again, why I think, and that's why I brought them up, is I'm passionate to talk about them, but I think there really is a big lesson here. I've always said, I've said it in my talks, I've said it to you, make great stuff, be focused, and do it right, do it with honesty, and do it with pride, and you'll make great stuff. Chase the competition or try to make stuff where you're faking it, that's what you're going to get. So yeah, kudos and props to Tesla. Definitely read more about them, because I think you'll get really impressed. I, I, I think you'll be completely impressed. If I wasn't so just bored by cars, I probably would be very impressed. They sound awesome. Yeah, but but the thing is, if don't, don't worry about the read, read about the tech behind it, that'll get you going because yeah. it is impressive. I'm I probably won't. all right. Whatever, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but well, it sounds I awesome. I encourage you to, but you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, you know sponsor- I don't I don't even drive. I know you don't even have a car. Uh, no, you I don't even have a license. I don't have a license? I don't have a license. I have a car, no, no. but because my wife drives. <laughs> Right, but you personally don't drive because you don't even have a license. That's right. Yeah. All right, well, I'll drive you around in my Tesla when I get it. Okay, it's a deal. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. All right, deal. So we have a sponsor, a very excellent sponsor this week. Uh, did I, do you have, uh, let's see. You want to read or shall I? I think I, well, I think you have the notes. First, uh, well, yeah. Well, I have to talk about them because I've known them for a while. and They make great stuff. You know Rem Objects? Oh, sure, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so uh, the sponsor this week is Oxygen for Cocoa. Hmm. I'm intrigued. All right. Well, I guess you want me to talk about it. Then. Well, I, you know, give me a minute. I, I can do the read. I have to find my username and password. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to read about it because I already was investigating it. It's a really nice. Product. Oh, OK. Well, then you do it. <clears throat> OK. Right. Well, you can you can chime in at any time because I think you'll find this interesting. OK. So basically, it's called Oxygen for Cocoa. It's an amazing language for Cocoa and Objective-C. Now, it's not a bridge, it's not an abstraction layer, it's actually a language for the platform replacing Objective-C within the tool stack. Hmm. You get full and direct access to all the Cocoa classes and APIs. Every object you interact with in code are actual real Objective-C objects. So you're calling on methods with like a real UI button, and you're implementing real UI table view controller subclasses. Mm-hmm. Everything compiles down to regular Objective-C runtime objects, and even native x64 and ARM code. So it's really nice because the resulting executable would be all but distinguishable from one created with Objective-C and Xcode. And if you debug, debug the app or run it in instruments, it even looks like you wrote it with Objective-C. Because hmm. it's um, compiling to Objective-C. So 
in a way you exactly. are, right? Okay. Right, but what's really nice about it is is that you know it has advanced features. It blows Objective C out of the water, like future types and class contracts. Um, it's got it's what got are, a lot of. What L- are future types and class contracts? Well, why don't you tell me? I, I don't actually know. <laughs> How am I supposed to know then? <laughs> uh, I I will look up what those things are and then probably go. Darn! I wish I had them, and then I'll say, "Oh yeah." Well, how are you this, not using future? How are you not using future types and class contracts, Brent? I, I don't know. Oh, I had such high hopes for you. I know I'm a constant disappointment. Always. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's the the point is that these elements and features make it more convenient, and straightforward to use than Objective C. Cool. So I guess the, the the last thing I'll throw out there that I think is cool is um, it's also available for .NET and Java Android. So if you're already writing applications for other platforms like a server backend or something, you can do it all in the same language. Oh, hey. So the idea is you can do cross-platform stuff with the same code. Exactly. And it's actually been around on .NET for over eight years, it says. Oh, okay. Um, And is the most widely used non-Microsoft language on the platform. So that's interesting. Good job. And, you know, everyone, uh, everyone, you know, with like Java or whatever, there's a big note here about uh, it explicitly does not encourage the crappy write once run anywhere cross platform apps. (laughs) It's designed to let you create great apps for every platform natively. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's Oxygen for Coco. Cool. From Rem Objects. Rem Objects. Check them out. Uh, Remobjects.com slash Oxygen. That's R E M O B J E C T S dot com slash O X Y G E N E. Um, it's or like shorter. Oxygen with an extra E at the end, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. Oxygen. Oxygen. And uh, they also, their other website is OxygenLanguage.com. All one word? Uh, all one word. O X Y G E N E L A N G U A G E dot com. And guess what? Uh, identical cousins, identical cousins listeners get twenty percent off. No way. Just use the coupon code I D one three. I D one three. Yep. I D one three. You get to save a bunch of money if you just remember I D one three. Yep. Fifteen. Oh, twenty percent off. Twenty even better. Off. Wow. 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 So that's Oxygen for Coco. Any, uh, anything you want to input if you found your name and password? Uh, I haven't found my name and password, but I'll just say this sounds, uh, this sounds pretty cool. No name and password. You don't know what future types of class contracts are. But I'm going to l- learn those things. Exactly. Yeah. Well, no, you know what actually sounds, the, the, mo- the most interesting thing about this is, is that I like that they pointed out that it doesn't encourage the right ones run anywhere stuff, everywhere stuff. That's huge. Because you see these platforms that come along and these types of programming languages that you get this and then you get these lazy programmers or it encourages the, oh, just write this and it works everywhere. Mm-hmm. And they're specifically saying that it doesn't encourage that. It wants you to write great apps natively for every platform. And I like that. Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, even the name Oxygen for Coco shows that they're trying to specifically focus on Coco and Objective-C runtime. Mm-hmm. So anyway, check it out. We appreciate them supporting us. They're great guys. Um, remobjects.com slash oxygen and use the coupon code ID13. It, it, Rem Objects have sponsored quite a number of podcasts. You know, I've, they I've have. They're the they're huge. I you know I have to thank them tremendously because uh, not just for sponsoring us today, but for all the wonderful things I've listened to in the past that they've sponsored. They've been uh, they ha- big they part have of the they're community. great guys. They've sponsored all the times. Um, I I don't remember if I've met him, but one of the guys there, Mark Hoffman. Really nice guy. They're just they're really good guys, and as you said, they support the community a lot, and they're always sponsoring and. They have great products. So as part of the community, if you're a developer, check them out and support them. Awesome. Well said. I'm, Thank I'm, you, sir. I'm super proud of you, Michael. You're, you're, you're flummoxed as usual. Was it flummoxed? Yep. Yeah, flummoxed. All right, Glassboard time. Let's get on to Glassboard. So first of all, we're gonna, we got a Glassboard uh, question from Hunter Hillegas, 
who has specifically said he pronounces it like Aaron's, despite oh, okay. the spelling differences. He's obviously not related to Aaron. Right. Um, but I just want to get out of the glass board, and then uh, we'll talk about the whole glass board uh, news, if you will. Sure. So Hunter says he wants to start by saying he enjoys the show, and he's a regular listener. Thanks. L- listener. Thanks, Hunter. Thank you, Hunter. He wants to push back a little bit on the last episode without sounding jerky. And this is towards me. He says, the impression I got was that despite an overall good feeling about iOS 7, you feel that Apple's apps themselves are somewhat underwhelming compared to iOS 6. Is that a fair summary of what I meant? Um, You know, where I said Apple's apps set the bar of mediocrity. And then he says, he may not personally agree that iOS 7 apps are too stark or too cold, but he can see where some people might think that. Subjective LNF opinions aside, did they really even remove any features from the apps. I'm having a hard time thinking of any regressions, feature regressions or places where they're more simple or minimal other than the LNF. Uh, LNF is look and feel in case you didn't pick that up. Other than an obviously different look and feel, they have the same utility, simplicity, complexity, no? So then he says, personally, I think the versions of calendar photos, music and others in seven, iOS seven are significantly nicer than iOS six. I would not describe those as mediocre, at least most of them. Brent mentioned the new transitions in calendar, and, and you see a similar thing in photos, which I think is a big improvement from the stack of screens concept from iOS 6. Messages in iOS 7 has really fun dynamics, and I've been making mucho use out of the smart mailboxes in mail. So I guess there's at least one person who prefers it. Anyway, keep it up, and blah, blah, blah. And then there were some comments which people can look at. But since it was directed to me, I'll just put, throw it out there. Um, correct. There aren't any difference in features, and in that sense of them being mediocre or underwhelming or whatever... I think for me, iOS 7 sets the bar or is setting a bar of visual simplicity to get the information across. But the minimalism of some of the iOS 7 apps, and actually I wanna, I'll get to messages, like he brought up messages and mail, and there's a lot of improvements in those that are great. And if I made it seem like a blanket statement, which sometimes I do, I don't think every app, I think I said most of the apps, uh, if, if I said all, then you know I rescind that, but... My point is, is I think they're so simple, like notes and reminders that even calendar that you just have these buttons that are words sitting there. And it's it's almost where you have to look at this blank canvas to figure out what's what. I think the underwhelmingness or the mediocrity of it is to me that they could have spent a little more time on some of the design. And remember, iOS 7 is not about design. It's about almost the absence of design to make the information vital and informational. Um but I think some of them are just so simple. You look at notes and basically it's nothing. It's just a list and notes. Do they function? Sure. Do they have utility? Sure. And, you know, um, you were saying you don't agree that you don't think they're too stark or too cold. I do. So that's fine. We could respectfully disagree. But no, they didn't remove features. But I think the whole experience of the app being so minimal could have been a little bit better to help the user make sense of things. Once you're using them, and I think that might be where you're coming from because you've probably been using them a while as a developer, you get the hang of them and you know what they are. Excuse me. But I do think that they could have done a little bit better. In calendar, uh, excuse me, in, in photos, yeah, that is great. I love how they're automatically using the metadata to sort things and put things in, in logical sense. That's the kind of stuff that I wish they would have thought about. Now, obviously, if they put tags or things into notes, Brent would cry. So, you know, we'll hope they don't do that. But that's the kind of things that I wish they would have done. Maybe, maybe what I should have said was they didn't improve the apps beyond iOS 6. It was the same apps reskinned, and that was a bit disappointing. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on that. Okay. I don't know if you have anything to add since it was directed at me, but please, if you do. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I kind of agree with you and agree with Hunter a little bit. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I, He's right. I, I mean, if he took if he took my thing out of if he took my thing at face value, which I appreciate that he did, that I just said, you know, they're underwhelming and they're they're mediocre and all that. Correct. No functionality changed, but to just basically remove elements of the interface and leave the same apps is a bit of a cop out to me. And yet, I think there that's not exactly what they did. I mean, the calendar has you know more interesting transitions and stuff than than it used to. Yeah, yeah, no, no, the calendar app was changed. Mm-hmm. I, I, we'll go there. The calendar app was changed. But I think a lot of things got more complex because I've asked some friends, I'm like, honestly, tell me what you think about their calendar app. And everyone says it's actually a little bit harder now. It's a little bit weirder to understand. Like, mm-hmm. you know, starting at the year and then tapping into the month and then going into the week and then all that and then having to go back. Like, the whole, I don't know. I, I find it very strange. And apparently from feedback I'm getting, other people find it strange. Yeah, yeah, Sure. So uh, it's all good. I mean, I'm just all, I definitely understand what he's getting at. And he is right to bring up that they haven't lost any functionality. I just think they could have improved things, especially with the new, um, you know, iOS seven things. Now messages, I said, I was going to mention something on that. I love messages. The dynamics are super fun. I love how when you're scrolling, the bubbles kind of have almost a gravity effect. I love how, I don't know if you knew this. I actually just learned this yesterday, but you can swipe, um, and see what timestamps are under the bubbles. Oh, um, did not. Yeah. There's, yeah, I, 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 who told me about that? It was someone on Twitter. I can't remember. But yeah, like uh, there, there, there's some apps. I think maybe that's the other thing too, is you see apps like messages or mail has a lot of great improvements. Photos has a lot of great improvements. Music has a lot of great. I think for me, I see iOS 7. I love iOS 7. I've said it over and over again. And then I see certain apps like notes and reminders and calendar, which to me are just so like, I don't know, just they, they could be a lot better. Um, yeah, so I guess that's that. So Apple still kind of has the job of defining the um, the basic look of iOS seven, right? What a, what is the right. platform look like? And the way to do that is via those those standard apps. Right. Well, I was saying the other thing I was saying. I don't know if this is what maybe uh, concerned Hunter, but. I feel like Apple sets the bar with their apps. However, I feel like with iOS 7, the apps that third-party developers do, at least I know what I'm doing, are not going to be that minimalistic, are not going to be that plain or bland. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think third-party developers will set the bar where with iOS 6 prior, Apple set the bar, right? They did these... I mean, it's, their apps were over the top, right? Yeah. Like a game center oh, and, sure. and all that. Yeah. So my point is, is like, I just think they went so minimalistic on their apps that, I don't know. I, I mean, there's a design versus function argument here. And I agree completely with Hunter. The functionality didn't change at all. But I think there were a lot of missed opportunities. And you'll see that with what we're working on. I think there were a lot of missed opportunities to take advantage of UI dynamics and a lot of the new iOS 7 frameworks and API that really make the platform a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. So, yeah, so that's that. And uh, if you don't have anything to add, I guess we'll talk about Glassboard a little bit. Yeah, I don't think I have anything to add to the Apple thing. Uh, uh, well, I might note that, you know, while one team is working on a new version of Mail or whatever, and another team is working on UI Dynamics, they don't, the Mail team can't necessarily use stuff from UI Dynamics that doesn't exist yet. You know what I mean? That's true. That's right. true. But 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 there's UI Dynamics built. Like we're we're using something with UI Dynamics, right? Mm-hmm. So it's in there. I mean, the API is exposed. They tell you to use it, right? Right. So I'm not, and I'm not saying that you th- you use it in mail for no reason. Like mm-hmm. that. Let me be very clear. You don't just use something because it's there, right. right? It has to be appropriate. 
But like mail, to be perfectly frank, mail was already good, right? I mean, mail for iOS 7 is basically mail for iOS 6. They just did a basic visual reskinning. There's some new features for sure. Um, there's some improvements for sure, function wise, mm-hmm. right? Um, like Aaron was saying, um, what was the thing he said he liked in it? Um, he said he's already using the smart mailboxes, right? So they've made improvements functionality wise, but ultimately the visual of mail or, or the, the, the UI is the same. Mm-hmm. It's just the visuals that have changed. Mm-hmm. And I think that's perfectly fine. Mail was good. Why, why break? Why sure, change? Yeah. Why, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. In fact, I think if you kind of look at the apps that they made changes to, like Calendar, mm-hmm. they obviously thought those were broke. Yeah, right. Or they saw Fantastic Calendar, just were that, you know. Well, sure, yeah. Inspired. Mm-hmm. I would think so. All right, so. enough about that. Yeah, well, of course. Yeah. I mean, come on. Ah. Duh. So, all right. So, big big changes for Glassboard. So, first. You blogged, the f- you blogged yesterday that uh, they seek a new home, yes, correct? Yes, yes. The, the first thing I'll get out of the way is um, if you actually read the post on Glassboard.com, um, it's. It's an example of it's an example of corporate business speak uh, gone wild. You you, oh, yeah. you can't really read it. Uh, well, it's funny. Someone made a comment at the bottom, and I'm dead serious. Before I even got to it, mm-hmm. before I even read the comments, I'm going through it. I'm going through it. I'm like I'm like about to vomit basically. <laughs> and then I got to the last paragraphs, and I'm like, they could have just said this. Right. Exactly. Like, like, what did they originally have, and would they have those three paragraphs, and then they were like, oh, let's add extra stuff on. Right, right. So the way to do it is um, there's the NewsGator blog, and everything above should have gone there, and in fact did go there. And, and this was kind of like, like a quote from that blog. But, mm-hmm. but there should have been a separate post on the Glassport.com blog that, you know, more succinctly... You know, basically the end of that post. Should well, you know what the other problem is, and this goes from me being an evangelist type guy, you have Glassboard users who love, use, and, and cherish the product. Mm-hmm. This post is more looking for a suitor and sort of to communicate what's happening. Right. The problem is, is you now have these users of Glassboard, right, which are your bread and butter because you can't have the service unless you have the users. Right. And now you've confused the heck out of them. Oh, sure. You've, you've scared the heck out mm-hmm. of them. You've angered the heck out of them. And what are you left with? Right. Well, I, I know I'm preaching the choir. I'm just pointing out, like for me, like yeah, like that. I don't, I don't know what they were thinking with that. Right? Yeah, I, I don't know why the post on Glassboard.com was actually all of that stuff. But whatever, so it is. Right. Anyway. Right. Right. So it goes. So, so it goes. You know that that said, it's like you know what? That's just a mistake. It's not a fatal mistake. It's just a mistake. Whatever. Right. Who cares? Right. Right. Uh, so yeah, it needs a new home, and uh, I really, really hope it finds a new home because um, I love the app worked really hard on it for a long time and the thing is i still use the app i use the app with uh my coworkers. i use it with my family i use that with local seattle developers use it at conferences use it all the time you know a day doesn't go by where i'm not in glassport you know getting stuff done talking to people whatever and, right um it's way better than email <laughs> which maybe doesn't sound like a lot but it means, you know, I don't do very much email, not since writing Glassboard. The nice thing about Glassboard is it sort of uses the Twitter model. And the only reason why I say the Twitter model is when Twitter had come out, I had a couple friends who wanted me on Twitter in the early days. And I was like, oh, this thing's stupid. Why would I use it? Right. Right. And what I learned about Twitter when I ended up using it, why I like it. I mean, sure, it's a nice vent tool. If I want to get angry or share something, I do it. But ultimately, what's nice about Twitter is it's a persistent instant message. That's mm-hmm. the best way to explain it in my mind. It's a persistent instant message. Right. But 
The problem with it is, uh, sure, you could do lists and management stuff and all that, but that's 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 not what it's meant for. So once you start getting into management, you lose the mission of the app or of the service. Mm-hmm. Glassboard is meant to be a community trusted. You don't just say something and everyone it's out there for public consumption, right? Right. There's sort of a walled garden, and I don't I don't want to say walled garden because sometimes walled garden has negative connotations, but you're protected, right? Mm-hmm. You're inviting people you know. You're, you're you're it's people that you want to share with. It's sort of a nice community, mm-hmm. and I like that because when you're at a conference or you have friends or you want to talk with something privately and you want it to be persistent, email can get overwhelming and email is kind of annoying. It re- it requires a response usually, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, processing whatever. Right. With Glassboard, it's just kind of like, hey, stuff said, all right? You want to chime in? Go for it. You know, we had uh, with Hockey App, we had had taken, um, uh, we had taken a trip where we, you know, we get together and we'll have obviously they're in Germany and I'm here, so we'll get we'll have trips to do, uh, you know, d- uh, discussions and business stuff. And we use Glassboard to communicate when we were flying to share some pictures of our flights, you know, having fun, yeah. and then also vital stuff like, oh, I'm going to be here, I'm going to be there because you know it's important to communicate. Mm-hmm. And it was just a really nice service to have this private. Glassboard. Mm-hmm. And that's the secret sauce. And that's sort of the thing that I hope whoever does acquire it or where it goes. I think, I mean, I don't, I wasn't part of the meetings or privy to what happened at CPA Labs, but I didn't ever see a clear way of marketing slash appropriating slash focusing on what the benefit and goal of the service was. It was very non communicated. It's the best way to put it for me. If you go to the glassboard.com homepage, um, yep. it it attempts to communicate. What, what do you think of what's there? I mean, if I didn't know what it did and I came there, I'd be like, oh, it's a private social network. Okay, I don't need that. Mm-hmm. Okay. If it was Glassboard lets you keep in touch with your friends and share things in a controlled environment. I mean, obviously, I have to think about how to refine it, right? right? Sure. But private social network for groups, it doesn't tell me anything. Mm-hmm. Know who you're sharing with doesn't really tell me anything. The quotes at the top, who cares? Mm-hmm. What I want to know immediately, and any good product will do this, is give a mission statement of why you need this. Mm-hmm. You know, and it doesn't tell me why I need it. In fact, is a private social network for groups know who you're sharing with, share a message. None of that tells me why I need it. Right. None of that draws a picture of what it does. In fact, I'm still reading. I've still yet to find about where the benefit is. There's no sentence that says, you know, stay in touch with your friends and never lose photos again or whatever. Like, there's nothing mm-hmm. here that tells me why I will have a better whatever for using it. There's That's important. Lot, Mission statements are important. Well, yeah, there's a fair amount of focus on privacy there, and that that was private. Yeah, pri- privately private, private. Yep. That's true. Mm-hmm. Private again, privacy. Right. Just like just your family. We don't mind. We don't answer. Yeah. So I mean, but again, someone comes to that, and what does it do for them? Okay, great. It's private. I think privacy should be a a given. It's not. R- right, but I think it should be so. I think a lot of other people are probably out there that think it should be. Mm-hmm. So tell me about the service first, and we'll get to the privacy later. In other words, privacy is something I don't think about when I'm looking for my service. I don't say, oh, I want a private service first, then I'll see what it does. Mm-hmm. I want to know what it is first, and then I want to see privacy. If I find something really amazing, and I'm like, oh, these guys sell my shit to everyone, well, I won't use it. They've lost me. Right. But they at least had me up until they said that they were going to sell my shit. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so... Uh, Service is great. Idea is great. Um, 
But there's a lot of things in the app, obviously, I would improve, and I'm sure you wanted to improve, oh, and yeah. people want to improve. But overall, there's a good foundation there. Um, I think from what I've heard and from some things I know, there's other services like this that are out there and in process and stuff. I mean, it's a service that should exist. I mean, I, you know, I, basically, I think hopefully someone will get it and do something good with it. That's the short version. Yeah, I definitely hope so. And and. So the, the, main, the main thing NewsGator is looking for is a good home. And that means someone who's going to... Do you know if they want a lot of money? So let's say hypothetically, I was to say, oh my God, I have the best vision for this. I have an idea of how to do it. I want to change everything. I even have, here's UI comps of the app, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And I was literally like, I, I'm, this is going to... I mean, without saying the amount, or if you don't know, it's fine. But do they want a lot of money for it? No. The main thing they want is a good home. That is... That is would they give it to the right home? Let's say I knew a team of people who would give it the right home and love it and really make it perfect. Would they give it to them because they were going to make it into a good service or do they definitely want money for it? Uh, they might give it to them. Interesting. Yeah, yeah really. The, the good home part is really, really, really the important part. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, I, I can't promise one way or another. I mean, obviously, it's... Um, I'm advising kind of on the side, but it's it's Newsgator's call. It's theirs. I don't yeah. have any ownership whatsoever in it. But from what you no, I know, I know. Mm-hmm. But, but and it's good that you're being transparent about that. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is from what you understand, is their goal here isn't to like sell it for like eight hundred thousand dollars or something. Their goal is they're done with it. They still want it to run. They don't want to drop everyone. They want to take the focus off of making it for whatever reason. But their their goal is not just to get a ton of money for it. That's exactly right. Yeah. They, All right. Well, that's they, that's that. But I think that should be pointed out because I was talking with someone. And they were like, oh, they probably want too much for it. And, you know, the way it's written with, well, we'll think about offers and all that stuff, sounds like a money grab. And I'm not saying that they're doing it for a money grab at all. I'm crystal clear. I'm not saying that whatsoever. I'm just saying if it was clear that they're looking for a good home and this this is not a money thing, maybe they would find people who are willing to do a Kickstarter or willing to get VC. I don't know what. Mm-hmm. But I think that, you know, if you still speak with them and advise them, you should at least mention that to them. Yeah, I have. Because I think that could scare off a lot of really good people. Because mm. a lot of really good people come down to the money and they just can't afford it. Right, sure. And, 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 you know, and I've communicated with a few people and I've said, look, talk to NewsGator first. Don't make assumptions. Uh, you know, yeah. talk to them first. No harm in talking. And, you know, if you do get to the point where I just can't afford it, well, okay, that's, that's fair. But talk first. Find out what, what this is about. Okay, so basically they're looking for the right team to maintain and continue it and, you know, money isn't the object, right? That's exactly right. So the right team, you know, has to, you know, take over an iOS app, an Android app, and a web app, and, oh, and yeah. a backend. And oh, yeah. you know, backend has recurring costs. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, the team has to take privacy as seriously as we did, if, if not even more. And we took that massively uh, seriously. You know, the, the, everything on the database is encrypted, for instance. Um, all the communication is SSL, all, all the things you would hope, uh, you know, and take very seriously the idea that, you know, we're not mining the data. We're not going to throw ads in there. We're not going to do all the junk, you know, all the crappy stuff that you hate. Uh, Glassboard doesn't do those things. Um, so, you know, that's part of what a, what a good team is. Uh, yeah. The ability to do it and, and the, same, the same care. Well, now that I've heard you say that they're looking more for the good home than the money, mm-hmm. even I had the perception that they're looking to sell it. And like I said, with the multiple offers, um, that that I think gives it a lot of uh, a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I you know I we've had some interest already, and I hope we have more over the 
over the coming you know week or whatever. And, I hope someone takes it over someone. for sure. Yeah, I, I would love it. Seriously, yeah, of course. Yeah. It's still your baby no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? It's, it's so far, it's the only thing I've created that has not found a second home. <laughs> right? Because I sold NetNewsWire, MarsEdit, and TapLinks. And so Glassboard is like uh, the one thing that needs to... Has there been since... Well, the two companies that acquired the other products, uh, Black Pixel and who got TapLinks? Uh, what was it? Uh, uh, PushIO. PushIO. PushIO, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Red Spider um, got would, Mars at it. Yeah. Would they be interested? Would any of those three companies be interested in it? No. Oh, okay. You've already asked, I assume. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just, it would seem to me if they got one of your existing products, right? Mm-hmm. And they obviously, you know, they're trusted people. I assume you think they did a good job, whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, might be a good fit, but maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, it's all good. It's all good. All right. Well, anyway, that's Glassboard. We'll have a link in there if you're listening and you think you can run it and give it love and care and everything. Throw your hat in the ring. Yeah, please do. All right, we're almost out of time. I'm, we're we're cranking along. I love it. Um, wow. Let's see. Doing good. Uh, what else? Let's see what else is going on. Um, oh, yeah. The whole uh, iPhone stuff is coming very soon. Uh, uh, September 10th is expected to be the announcement. Um, so basically, uh, two and a half weeks from now, uh, the new iPhones. New iPhones? I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> well, it's supposed to be the 5S and the 5C, and I believe both. I, I believe it. You believe the rumors? Okay. So the I difference I, is what? The 5C is the, like, the super mass market worldwide cheap version? Well, so 5C, I think Apple finally realized that doing the sell last year's model closeout sale for cheap wasn't a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Why wasn't that a good I, thing? Well, I actually could tell you that wasn't a good thing from some friends that I spoke to because they'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, whatever. These are like obviously non-tech people. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can get this free Android Galaxy or whatever. You know, they're doing this free thing or I can get the Apple one, but it's last year's model. This is bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. Like there was always this, you know how it is, dude. You get something and you feel like, oh, it's last year's model. Right. Everyone wants the new and shiny, mm-hmm. right? So that's one That's one part, part of it. Kay. The other part, of course, is, you know, iOS 7's coming out, which is going to need more processing power and the older phones aren't maybe as good. Mm-hmm. That's a smaller part, I think, because I don't think Apple's like, oh, we got to make a new phone just to support our OS. I don't think they would do that. I think that that was a weighing factor on the overall um, business decision, we'll say. Mm -hmm. But I think more importantly, Apple looks around at the global market. How do they expand the amount of iPhones they sell? It's not just America. It's not just Europe. It's not just Japan and Asia, right? There, there's underdeveloped countries that are starting to use cell phones, like India and stuff like that, right? These markets that are underdeveloped. Mm-hmm. So they'd have to figure out a way to get a phone. <clears throat> Excuse me. The one thing that Apple doesn't have is really a good phone that is kind of fun and inexpensive, right? Like... It, it, the iPhone 5 looks all expensive and, and and even if it was free like you feel like you don't want to damage it you know what i mean like mm-hmm. there's a there's a there's a richness to the iPhone 5 that you have to kind of want that kind of richness do you know what i mean like sure. there's some people they don't want to have a rich thing that oh look now it's all scratched up and it, it looks like crap now and oh i got to keep that thing good um there's people who want color that's why they get cases right mm-hmm. there's people who want something that's a, just a little bit more fun and friendly let's say and if you look at the 5C with the colors and everything that's supposedly coming, you were saying earlier you didn't know much about it, but did you know that it's supposed to come in colors? Ah, sounds nice. 
Yeah. Um, colors, you know, it's all in the rumor mill right now, but I think it's going to be like green, yellow, white, red, and blue. Are they, are they going to match the colors from uh, the iOS 7 color scheme? Um, uh, <laughs> I'll show them to you. It's, it's funny. I, I think some people would say yes. I, I just sent you the link via Skype. Okay. Um, you can see four of the colors there if you scroll down. The blue, the white, the kind of green, and the red. Uh, the blue, excuse me. No, red. I was right. I don't know what made me say blue. Um, I, I don't think they're iOS 7 colors, personally. Mm-hmm. I think they're more pastel-y. Okay. But, or, or almost like faded colors, if you will. But... When I look at this phone, this plastic shell that just seems more durable to me than metal mm-hmm. and more fun and seems like something more that I'd be like, oh, yeah, it's my phone. Like, it's not like this, like the iPhone 5 to me looks like this beautiful phone. It's like an Apple product. It's, it's, it's luxury. Mm-hmm. Right. Some people I can understand, like, that's, that's not the kind of phone they would get. Mm-hmm. And I think the 5C is going to appeal to this huge audience of people worldwide that are going to love it, that are going to you know, have a little bit more personality. It's going to obviously be cheaper. I, I assume the C is for cost and color or something like that. Sure. But it just makes perfect sense. If you actually think about it, the current strategy to have a normal or current expensive version and then have the closeout model that's cheaper, it actually is pretty <laughs> awkward, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of awkward. Like, I mean, I guess Apple had no other plan because they had no other phone. And now they do. Mm-hmm. But I think to have one phone and then basically have cheaper old phones, that's a pretty bad strategy in hindsight if you think about it, right? Yeah, well... the new one. And think about the way it's posed. We can get this new one, or if you can't afford it, here's the old one. Right. People want the new one, right. (laughs) Well, it makes you feel like a moron. Oh, I can only afford the old one. You almost like, screw that. And then what do you do? You turn to an Android phone because they're like, or you can get this one. This one just came out and it's free. Mm -hmm. Got it. So I'm, I'm, I'm sort of thinking, some people were saying that the 5C will be free. I don't think it's going to be free. I think Apple will still charge for it. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think they may charge an amount of money where people are going to be like, what? But I think it will be successful for them. Mm-hmm. Because I think giving stuff away is the wrong way to do it. I had a uh, big discussion about this a few years ago with a company, um, that basically they, they were giving their stuff away for free to Apple employees. And I said, don't do that. They were like, why? You know, it's a good promotion. I said, well, when you give it away for free, there's no value to it. That means everyone's going to be downloading it. And then if another such app comes along, they have no loyalty or allegiance. Mm-hmm. They didn't pay for anything. Right. And that, there's a big value in that, Brent. Mm-hmm. Like giving stuff away for free on the surface seems good and happy, you know, touchy-feely. But the person then has no vested interest. Right. If you have a great app, don't get me wrong. If you have a great app, they'll love it and probably they won't switch. But if something comes along, it's even a little bit better. They might buy it. And then they'll say, well, I didn't have to buy this one. It was free. I might as well get the new one. Right. Mm-hmm. So I said, let's start doing 50% off. And sure enough, people still bought it. And the people who bought it probably wanted it more. Um, and a, a, a side effect from that was that Apple ended up buying a site license. <laughs> cool. Because since it was a paid app, they couldn't give it to all their employees for free, right? Mm-hmm, right. So there's there's a there's a little lesson there of not just giving your stuff away for free. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the site license is not going to happen ever again. You know what I mean? That's like a once in a lifetime thing. Mm-hmm. But it underscores why you shouldn't give your stuff away for free. Because once you give it away for free, it's free. Right. Value your time, value your customer's time, and value your customer's desire to want to invest and spend money on your time. So yeah, so the iPhone 5C, I think it's going to do really well. 
Um, my wife, for example, is a perfect example of who I think would love this phone. So she loves an iPhone. She wants an iPhone. So of course she got an iPhone five because at the time her contract was up and you know, that's what you get. But she didn't necessarily need an iPhone five or necessarily want an iPhone five, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Does it? No, totally makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, but now if this five C was out and was a little bit cheaper, but still was a nice phone, um, why wouldn't she want that? You know, and there's a lot of fun in picking out, oh, which color? Oh, I like the green one. Oh, well, I like the orange one. You know, people people kind of enjoy that thing, right? Where they pick the color that matches their personality, they think. Yeah. That's that's kind of a fun thing. I'm just looking at the page here on uh, Mac Rumors. Being like, yeah. Yeah, and if you look around, there's a bunch of... Yeah, yeah there's, exactly. There's a bunch of rumors about the colors. Too. Oh, did you hear about the new... Uh, so 5S is supposed to have gold, too. It's supposed to have a gold color. Oh, well, Gold. Have you seen uh, Austin Powers, Goldmember? I haven't seen Goldmember yet, no. Oh, I got to get you the clip for the show notes. I love gold! (laughs) Yeah, I got to get you that. But actually, here, I'll give you, here's a good link. Here's a really good link. This is a rendering. Mm -hmm. Now, if the colors look more like this, I like that. I like that. Tell me when you pull that up, Mm -hmm. the uh, rendering. got it. I mean, those are pretty, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those pop. Those are iOS 70. Mm -hmm. Those are... I want to show that phone to you. Come on, right? Yeah. You totally yeah. want to show that phone to someone. Um, and if you look at the case, it's a plastic shell. So how much more durable is that, right? Oh, yeah. Great for kids. Like, I just, I just, exactly. I just, I see like, I, I see this 5C and I think, how did they not have a cheaper, more fun, more consumer, more friendly device in the past? Like, it, I think they'll look back at it, like, way I'm saying it's crazy now and it'll be even more crazy. So we'll see. We shall see. Yes. So I guess that's about it. Um, what else? I, I don't. I don't. Anything else you want to chat about? Or I think we're done. Hmm. Well, it looks like we're out of time. We're out of time, folks. Uh, I think we should talk about our sponsor one time. You not find your name and password, so I'll be doing it. I assume. Yep. Alrighty. Ne- next time we record, uh, send me the link in advance, and I'll log <laughs> in. And I may have to do that reset your password dance. You know. Oh, boy. I just need a half an hour. uh, I love it. I love it, Brent. All right, ready? Well, I won't read the whole thing, but more importantly, I think it is, is, you know, as you said earlier, RemObject Software is a great company. Um, Their product is Oxygen for Cocoa. Really great product that is a basic program language for Cocoa and Objective-C runtime. And um, it's a true language that just replaces uh, Objective-C within the tool stack and lets you have a lot of great tools at your disposal to make great apps. And if you're developing for other platforms, .NET, Java, Android, same language is available, so you can you know basically do it all in the same language. So we appreciate them supporting us and sponsoring us. Check them out at remobjects.com slash oxygen and uh, ID3, like ID from identical, the first two letters. ID one three, excuse me. ID thirteen gets you twenty percent off and twenty uh, percent off. That? That's a good deal. And you know, thanks again to Rem Objects, uh, not just for sponsoring us, but for the many sponsorships um, uh, of so many podcasts over the years. Definitely, yeah. they're they're one of the ones that definitely always sticks out in my mind as oh, really yeah. supporting the developer community, and we applaud them. Yep, yep. Well. Unbelievable one year, Brent. Thanks for being my partner in crime. Yeah, you bet. Been a been a fun ride. Uh, hopefully, we'll hear us to another year and another twenty one more. Twenty one. Any, uh, any parting words you'd like to say? Well, not parting words. Hopefully, this is uh, not the end. But anything you'd like to say about uh, identical cousins one year in, in the past? 
uh, it's been fun. Boy, we went from really, really crappy at the beginning to, um, you know, I think sometimes listenable, which is not bad for the first year. That's true. Yeah. Got a lot of topics we covered. I'm looking back at our show notes, right? Just uh, talking about you going indie, right? Uh-huh, think about yeah. all the things Boy, that have happened in the past. It's a me- oh, memory it's lane right here. It yeah. is crazy. We got, uh, you know, we started out with software is hard with horrible audio. <laughs> yeah. We talked about uh, departure of Scott Forstall from Apple. So is he going to be the next yeah. Microsoft CEO? Could be. He, could he's, be. He's local. He comes from uh, Bainbridge Island, I think, if I remember correctly. I did not know that. Yeah, so he's a Northwesterner. Yep. Huh. Then uh, then we talked about Fantastical launching last year, which, wow, Fantastical is almost a year old for Holy iPhone, for cow. iPhone. Holy cow. Then Indie Life, we talked about some conferences. You going indie again. Talk about you a lot. What the hell? I'm interesting. Then uh, the year ahead, a lot of other stuff, catching up. I took a look in from a chicken. Remember that one? Yeah. Yeah. Your favorite, of course, We Are Sinking. Mayday. We Are Sinking. That's my favorite. Yeah. That's my favorite. What are you sinking about? (laughs) And here we are in episode 21. Well, anyway, there you go. There we are. Oh, and, last, uh, last plug. I don't think I mentioned. I'm speaking at 360 iDev in September. Tickets are yeah, still no available. Cares. Everybody no cares, cares because it's going to be a great topic on how to not use <laughs> Core Data, but use SQLite and FMDB. You're going to love it. And if you miss that, it's like missing Woodstock. I think you should just tell everyone how to use Oxygen for Cocoa it, and just skip all that stuff. You can use Oxygen for Cocoa. All right, we're out of time, folks. I'll let you uh, do the send-off, Brent, as you always so eloquently do. Okay, everybody, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again really, really soon. Au revoir. Adores a minuet, the ballet russe, and crepe Suzette. Our patty loves to rock and roll, a hot dog makes her lose control. What a wild duet, still their cousins, identical cousins, and you find. They laugh alike, they walk alike, at times they even talk alike. You can lose your mind.